Welcome to the Simple Church Podcast, where we're committed to helping you know God, find freedom, discover your purpose, and make a difference. Let's get to today's message. everybody. My name is Aaron DeLong. I'm the lead pastor here. I want to say hello, hello to all of you that are here today uh, and all of those of you that are, are at home uh, for one reason or another, either because of health issues or because it's winter time and the roads are rough. Uh, our parking lot's pretty rough here and uh, this is our first snowfall, so hopefully you'll forgive us. We are learning how to be in this space and when to plow and how to plow and how to prepare the space. So uh, thank you for your grace this morning, but, uh, but want to say hello to all those of you guys that are, that are joining us. If it's your first time here, this round of applause is for you. Come on, guys, let's greet our guests. Let them know we are glad that they're here this morning. Now, if it's your first time here or even uh, maybe you've been here a bunch of times and you haven't done this yet or you're joining us online, uh, you can fill out a digital card, <laughs> online, you can fill out a digital Connect card. For those of you that are here, you can grab a, a Connect card out of the seat back in front of you, and if you'll take a moment to fill that out, we have a gift for you that we'd love to give you, uh, a completed Connect card turned in at our Connect Center on your way out today. Uh, you can stop and talk to somebody, maybe ask some questions, find out your next steps or how to be involved here at the church, but uh, uh, certainly would love to do that and give you your gift there. So take a moment anytime during the message uh, to do that. Uh, today, a couple things I want to share with you before we jump into what we're doing, this brand new series called Love Story. Uh, if, if they're this weekend, uh, in tandem with this relationship series, we always love to, uh, to, to spread a little love to the parents that are out there. So this Saturday night, we have what's called Parents Night Out. How many of you parents could use a break? right. Your kids are all in the, uh, in the, in the uh, kids' ministry, so it's okay. They're not hearing you, but uh, it's, it's cool. Yeah, we would love to bless you. So this Saturday night, uh, we are willing to take care of your kids here for a couple hours. I believe it's from 6 to 8 p.m. Can I get a confirmation on that, somebody? Looking for... Yes, that's correct. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate that. So this Saturday night, you do need to register your kids so that we know to expect them and have uh, the, the Ignite Student Ministries is also going to be here serving alongside and t- helping us uh, have fun and hang out with your kids. So you can either register on the app, or you can stop by the Connect Center and see my lovely wife, who will be there uh, directly after service, and she'll get you, get you registered for this weekend. Also, in tandem with this, this uh, relationship series, we always offer a, uh, a marriage retreat or conference of some sort, and uh, due to some, some things going on, I would say with COVID, there's, there's numbers that are steadily decreasing, but there's still, it's still uh, a thing right now. Uh, with the the um, renovation of the building that's going on and all the extra energy we're putting towards that. And if I'm just being perfectly honest with you, uh, the passing of my father in the last couple weeks has been very difficult. And so we've taken time to, to as a team, to consider 
what is the best thing for us to do as a team as we prepare for you, and that is to push that date, extend it to September, and so our marriage retreat will be in September. The dates are the 16th and 17th, but if you're here and you're like, Aaron, I really need something for my marriage, um, please mark your connection card. One of our staff members will reach out to you and help you find a marriage retreat if you need one sooner than September or a conference. In fact, there's a great one that's happening this weekend that we have taken part of at C3 Church in Canal Winchester. Uh, so would love to get you connected with that if you need that for your marriage immediately. Amen, everybody? All right. Also, really excited that groups start this week. How many of you guys are already signed up in a grow group? Yep. Yeah. Okay, just a few of you. There's a... Still an opportunity. Groups have not launched yet. They launch this week. And if after service, if you'll go underneath the purple tent in the lobby, the reason it's there is so it's easy to find, uh, our grow group leaders will be there. You can ask them questions about the groups that they are leading, and you can sign up for a group. Uh, so we'd love to have you uh, make sure that you do that as groups start this week. It's probably the secret sauce of this church because, man, while, we, while the preaching is excellent on Sundays... The Spirit of God is really moving. You want to see real life transformation. Get in a group. Get in a relationship with people. Find a small group, a study, an activity, because we, we're free market here. We like, we like activity groups. There's a group called Snack Attack Group. I'm not even sure what that's about, but that sounds delicious, and I want to be in it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Any reason you want to gather, that's important to me. So, so gather, love each other, encourage one another, pray for one another, do life together around something. There are study groups as well for those of you that, that are more spiritual kidding. But anyway, I would just want to encourage you, get in a group, all right? Get in a group. So, well, let's jump into what we're doing today. We are launching this series and um, uh, called Love Story, and one of my roles uh, every year is as your pastor, which, by the way, pastor in, a, in other languages is translated into shepherd. My job as your shepherd or as your pastor is to lead and to feed you in different seasons uh, throughout the year. And so, what we do every February is, is we, we take some time to focus on relationships. Later on this year, we'll focus on the lost. We'll focus on, on our finances. But, but it is my job to lead you and feed you as the Lord leads me to do that. And, uh, and this, this, this series is all about your relationships. The series is for single people. The series is for those of you that are dating, those of you that are engaged, those of you that are married, those of you that are married and wanting to be single. Hey, we got something for everybody here, right? We've even got something for those of you that, that have been divorced. Um, so I want to give you a couple ground rules as we approach this conversation. First of all, I realize everybody brings some, some baggage to the conversation, right? We've all got a past, and we've all got some stuff that, that we've been through. And so the, the first rule is don't look back, okay? As we're, as we're talking about our relationships and we're talking about the potential of what our relationships could be, the tendency or the temptation might be to look back and look at your current relationship and the future of your relationship through the lens of your past. But let me tell you something. God makes all things new, doesn't he, everybody? He makes all things new, and we need to have a from this day forward kind of attitude. This is Your relationship is not about what it's been but what it could be. Rule number two is uh, don't listen for the person you're sitting next to. I think sometimes we do a message like this, and we get all elbowsy. You know what I'm saying? Elbowsy? Like, we just start doing this. We just start ribbing the person next to us. You listening to that? You listening? Put your elbows down and calm yourself and listen for yourself. Take good notes for you, okay? So don't be elbowing anybody. And uh, rule number three, here it is. I'm not going to sugarcoat this. In fact, the passages that we're going to look at 
are, are quite graphic. In fact, uh, it, it, in chapter, or in week two, uh, there, the, the scripture verses we're going to look at is they describe the, the, the characters in this section, in the Song of Solomon, uh, it, it describes their lovemaking. That's, that's in two weeks. So if you're taking notes, guys, be here in two weeks if you want to be here for that one. But, but of their lovemaking, it says that they did that all night long. All night long, all night. All right, I, it wasn't Lionel Richie's idea. It was God's idea. And uh, in fact, the Song of Solomon was so spicy that Jewish kids were not allowed to read it until they got into their teen years. Now, I'm going to tell you this. I don't recommend you wait until your kids are, in, are 13 and above before you start talking them, to them about lovemaking and sex because statistically, they say that kids are exposed to pornographic images at age 8. At age 8. My kids came home after riding a bus to middle school. Actually, it was elementary school. And they asked me, they said, Dad, what's this word? And I said, where did you hear that? And I, and I said, never mind that. I looked at their sister and I said, did you hear what they said? She said, no, sir. I said, go to your room. I got a conversation to have right now. So, <laughs> so she went, listen, don't wait. If you wait until your kids are teenagers, it's likely that somebody else is going to talk to them about that. And it's that they're going to show them the world pattern for sex and not God. So parents, I'm just going to tell you, I'm not going to pull any punches during this message. And I'm going to leave it up to you as to whether or not you allow your kids to be here during this series, right? Like this is... I'm just trusting you. I'm trusting you because I'm not going to pull any punches, all right? Uh, so, so I think the world has defined what sex and sexuality and relationships look like for too long. Amen? For too long. But we need to let God's light shine on the matter because he created love. He created marriage. He created sex. After all, it was his idea. So let's get to it, shall we? Now, the Song of Songs, that's a book in your Bible, and it's, it's right after Psalms and Proverbs. The Song of Songs uh, is also known as the Song of Solomon, but this was, this was, we believe, written by King Solomon. King Solomon was the son of David. David wrote a whole bunch of songs, and, and like his father, Solomon wrote a whole bunch of songs too. In fact, in 1 Kings, it says that he wrote 1,005 different songs. This song was his favorite. And so in this song, what he does is he goes into describing the love that is developing between these two main characters. And there's this one overarching thought that we find throughout the Song of Solomon. It's that God's way in approaching relationships and sex and marriage not only works, but it's better. It's better than anything the world has to offer. So uh, I'm going to help you, though, because in Song of Solomon, if you've ever tried to read this before... Uh, it can be a little confusing. And the reason the confusion comes in is because there are three, three main characters that show up, all right? And so I'm going to help you out here. Go ahead and throw those up on the screen for me. And I've given you some emoji translators in the text, okay? So because, because here's the thing. As you're reading through, there's the lover, which is Solomon. There's the beloved, which is the Shulamite woman. And then there's the friends, which is the daughters of Jerusalem, okay? And that's, that's, they come in. And at different times, they all start talking, and they make hard turns without Scripture telling you who's saying what. And so theologians have already done all the hard work for us, and then I did the fun work for you. Go ahead and just lay it out as we're reading it. You know exactly who is saying what, okay? So you're welcome, and let's get into it. So here we go. Song of Solomon, verses 1, uh, for, uh, Song of Solomon, chapter 1, verse 1. Here we go. Solomon's Song of Songs. Let him kiss me. So there you go. You can see. All right, great. Just want to make sure something. Let him kiss me 
with the kisses of his mouth. And you all are like, that's a good start right there, right? Spicy, I like it. For your love is more delightful than wine. What she's saying is the way that you love, it's better than anybody else. The way that you love not only her, but the way that you love everybody. The way you walk into a room, the way you treat people is, is just wonderful. Everybody loves it. Everybody wants to be around you because of the way that you, you love them. The way you love me, the way you love others, the way you love your employees, and the way you love your servants. It's attractive to her. She goes on and says, for your love, oh, pleasing, is the fragrance of your perfumes. And I think that's our goal, isn't it? That's our goal is to be pleasing, right? To, to love so well that people desire and want to be around us. That people want to be around us because of the way we love. Pleasing is, your, is the fragrance of your perfumes. Your name is like perfume poured out. No wonder the maidens love you. Now here's my ask for you today. Here's my ask. In this series, that's what we're going to focus on, is learning how to love in such a way that the world looks at us and says, what do you have? That what is different about the way you do it? Your marriage, the way that you approach your relationships, what is different? My, my, my request and my invitation to you is that you make sure you tune in, that you make sure you join us, that you make sure you're here for all of these series. And, and tune in, listen up, take notes, learn how to really love and if you do, two things are going to happen. First of all, your love is going to grow in all of your relationships. And the second thing is God is going to be glorified. See, God being glorified means the world is looking at you wondering what you have. And we have the opportunity to point skyward and say it's our relationship with our Heavenly Father. That's what it's all about. But verse 4 starts today's topic. And here it goes. It says, take me away. This is the Shulamite woman. Take me away with you. Let us hurry. Let the king bring me into his chambers. And then the chorus chimes in. We rejoice and delight in you. They're like, we think you guys, you've got the best relationship. Man, it's so cool. We like watching you guys. Anybody know a relationship like that? TV relationships or, or relationships you've seen, like a Ross and Rachel kind of thing? Probably toxic at times, but it is one of the most famous relationships, right, from the TV show Friends? No? Nobody's seen it? Okay, cool. All right, let's keep on moving. We were on a break? Nobody? Yeah, there you go. Yeah, they were on a break. Yep. Yeah. All right, here we go. We rejoice and delight in you. We will praise your love more than wine, how right they are to adore you. They're celebrating this love, right? Her response, though, watch this. She said, dark am I, yet lovely, O daughters of Jerusalem, dark like the tents of Kedar, like the tents, tent curtains of Solomon. What she's saying, she's comparing herself to the tents of Kedar. In Kedar, they had these goats that their skin, their, their fur was black. And so all their tents were made out of this black goat skin. Solomon's curtains were also black. She's like, I'm dark. She's, she said, I'm dark. Now, today, we talk about having a, having a tan and having a deep tan, and that's like, that's, that's nice. That's, that's uh, what, what do the kids call that? Is that mint? I'm not sure. That's, no, it's wrong words? Okay. <laughs> 43, guys, totally out of touch, I guess. <laughs> cap? Somebody said cap. Who taught me that? What is the word? It's all right. They, they, today, we think that's really great. But at that time, what she was saying was, because I'm dark, because she was darkened by the sun, she's like, I'm not much to look at, but I'm still a lovely person. I got a great personality. I got a lot going for me. And what she's starting to do here is starting to address the rules of attraction, because I think many people are attracted 
to the wrong thing, but not her man. And then she goes on. She says, do not stare at me because I'm dark, because I'm darkened by the sun. She said, don't look at the wrong thing. Don't, don't pay attention to my outward appearance, because that's what man looks at, right? But God looks at the heart. She said, don't, don't pay attention to the wrong thing, because like I said today, a tan body is good. But then a tan body or a darkened body like hers, one that was darkened by the sun, meant that she worked out in the fields all day long. It meant that it's possible that she was impoverished and that she, she was not able to care for her skin because she was out working on a regular basis. Her skin might have been dry and cracked as a result because she spent too much time in the sun. And she's saying, don't look at these things. There's something else that I want you to pay attention to. Focus on the right things. And then the verse continues. It says, my mother's sons were angry with me and made me take care of the vineyard. So she's got some priorities here. She's got some stuff that she's doing that makes her attractive to Solomon, but she says, my own vineyard. In other words, her body. I have neglected. And what's that mean? Well, what it means is, is that if we're going to have a godly relationship, what we have to do is get past the physical. That can't be the most important thing. I think it's important. I think there needs to be some physical attraction, but we'll get to that in just a moment. But that's not the most important thing. That should not be our primary focus when it comes to how we approach our relationship. She goes on to say in verse 7, tell me, you whom I love, where you graze your flock and where you rest your sheep at midday. Why should I be like a veiled woman beside the flocks of your friends? In other words, the veiled women that were that she's talking about were prostitutes. They, were, they would wait by the edge of the fields, and as the shepherds would come in from their work, which, by the way, the shepherds wouldn't come home. They would stay out in the fields. They would sleep out in the fields with the sheep. And oftentimes, because they were out there, they were out there for days and weeks on end, they would get lonely. And so the path of least resistance was to spend time with a prostitute. She said, why should I be like them? Why should I lower my standards. Why should it be? Why should I be like these veiled women, where where this relationship is just out of convenience, or you got an itch you need to scratch, and that's what I am to you. These shepherds had this approach that if you can't be with the one you love, then just love the one you're with. And she's saying, no, that's not the way I'm going to do it. Which, by the way, you need to understand that just because this is what's happening in your Bible, it's not the Bible telling you to do this. It's just telling you what happened by the way. The Bible is oftentimes descriptive, not prescriptive when it comes to some of these things. It said, hey, this is what was happening here. And she's like, no, this isn't right. It's the wrong idea. In fact, I would tell you that, that this, this kind of relationship is a counterfeit for God's best in your relationships. She said, not me. I'm not going to do it. And when she said, I don't want to be part of that, this was attractive to Solomon. Because Solomon was looking for something that was, or rather someone that was different from every other kind of woman. And so what they had to have first and foremost, they had the, the most important level of attraction, and that is spiritual attraction. Spiritual attraction. The most important thing about you is how much you love God. Do you know that? That's the most important thing about you. When you love him, what happens is you become attractive to others. And someone with standards, someone who is pursuing God's best in every area of their life becomes attractive to others. Let me give you a few ways you can become spiritually attractive. So the first way 
to become more spiritually attractive is to love and worship God. To love and worship God. What does this mean? Jesus simply said that if you love me, you'll obey me. That the Bible is full of the ways that God wants us to live. And he has a plan and a prescription for every area of our lives. If you love him, then that means that you begin to align your life, your priorities, with his. You love him and you obey him. You'll get on board for what the Bible has to say about your life. You'll let it be your guide instead of the world's way of doing things. Amen, everybody? And then when it comes to worship, what is worship? Well, you might consider saying worship this way. It is worth-ship. It's assigning worth to someone. This isn't, about how, this isn't about what you do to show someone you love them. This is more about expressing that love to them. It's about ascribing worth to them, letting them know how much they mean to you. And so worship is important. We need to express our love to God through worship. Now, let me explain what this means because I'll just say this. I think typically, typically when it comes to expressing our love to God, that this is challenging for men and, and maybe some women too. But let me just say this. We're not always good, guys, at expressing love, are we? Like me, for example, I knew my father loved me. I knew he did. He worked hard. He provided. He, he gave me shelter. He supported me. But he didn't often say the words to me, Aaron, I love you. It wasn't until later years that that happened. But for the majority of my life, that's not the, the interactions that my dad and I had with him expressing his love to me. Now, it's not just the job of men to express their love. All of us need to express our love. In fact, I would tell you that expressing love not only to God, but to the ones that you love is really, really important. It matters that if you love someone, you tell them and you show them. Amen? Oh, you, all right. I must be touching on something sensitive this morning. I got you. I got you. It matters. It matters to God as well. In fact, worship, when it comes to expressing our love to God, the Bible is full of the ways that God wants to receive that love. Have you ever heard of the five love languages? We've all got a love language, and we receive love the best when you speak our love language, right? God has one too, and he's laid it out through scripture. It's clapping our hands. It's singing songs to him. It's bowing low. It's shouting. It's dancing. And then there's this other one. It's called lifting of the hands. Now, this one, I get it. It's a little uncomfortable for us, okay? And a lot of us, we come into worship, and we just sit like this with our hands in our pockets, don't we? And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to help you here because, I, I'm, I'm, and ladies, help me out here. Is there anything more attractive than a man who's lifted his hands and is in surrender and worship to God? Mm. So guys, let me just challenge you. Next time you come into worship, and this is a, this is a comedian Tim Hawkins bit here, but, but I'm going to share it with you because maybe you haven't heard it. He says, we all start in our pockets and we get a little bit of sway going on, and that's okay. <laughs> just get a little sway. He said, you might feel it in your arms. Get a little flap going on. You might, might get your thumbs going a little bit. He said, but then what you want to do is take your hands out of your pocket, and you want to carry the TV. Carry the TV. You can start down low. Or maybe it's a big screen TV. I'm not sure. So you're carrying it out this way, right? And then you can shift up to my fish was this big. Fish was this big. Or if you're a liar, it's out here. My fish was this big. And then you can, you can shift from there. You can switch to the Simba, right? You can switch to the Simba. 
or you can do the touchdown or YMCA, whichever one, but, but lifted hands. We make a progress. I'm not sure if you're worried that people are going to think less of you. I promise you people will think more of you because you're surrendering. You're showing God you love him. You'll grow in it, but take steps towards expressing love to God the way that he likes to receive it. Because remember, expressing love's not about you. It's about the person who's hearing how much you love them. When you love God and worship him, men and women, it is attractive. It is attractive. In fact, I would tell those of you that are single, yes, go on a date with somebody, but then bring them to church and see, see how they, they interact in their relationship with God. And maybe, maybe if they won't sing, maybe if they won't lift their hands, maybe it's time to say, bye, see you later, get you another man. That was clearly popular. I'll keep moving on. All right, here we go. Might say, thank you, next, right? Thank you, next. Second thing you can do to build some spiritual attraction is uh, pursue my God-given purpose, right? So, so you love and worship God, and then you can pursue your God-given purpose. Man, this, this is important. I, I want to encourage you. Don't be a consumer when you come to church. Be a contributor. This is a community, right? We're here to love and serve one another. Contribute. Get on a team. Serve others. Make it a priority. You say, Aaron, I don't know how to do that. Let me tell you something. That Connect card has a spot that says, I want to get involved. In fact, the easiest way to get involved is to, to mark that card. But the second easiest way, uh, and once you mark that card, somebody's going to tell you all about Growth Track. We actually have something here, and it starts today. Uh, it's relaunching. We haven't had Growth Track since, well, March of 2020. Well, no, we, we did it online, right? We did some online. But in-person Growth Track, we're starting today. And directly after service, you can find out. Growth Track's happening right over here at, these, at this, this table in this space in the back of the auditorium. And we would love to have you there goes for about an hour, but over the process of growth track, what will help you do is discover your design because your design determines your destiny. I'll, I'll say that again. Maybe I'll say it over here. Your design determines your destiny. That, that understanding how God has wired you is important and the difference that you can make. So growth track is something that I would encourage all of you to do. Get on that journey so you can understand this is how I can contribute and this is how I can contribute best based on how God's made me. But if you want to increase, thank you, appreciate that. If you want to increase your spiritual attraction, live your life on purpose with purpose. One of my favorite stories that happened right here in this church, and he's sitting on the front row, is uh, my, buddy, my buddy Ryan came here to this church. And, uh, and he, he came here because he was interested in Kate. But Ryan came here, and while they were dating, there he is. <laughs> You're the only dude sitting on the front row, I'm just saying. Like, <laughs> But he came here, he was interested in Kate, and while they were dating, they continued to come to church and to sit on the front row, and Kate's going, oh my gosh, she's talking about me. <laughs> but you know what Ryan didn't do? He didn't just stand by idly. He said, I'm going to get involved. I'm going to start serving. Ryan, I, we had to slow this guy down. He said, I want to learn that, I want to learn that, I want to do this, I want to do this. It was like, hey, bro, it's cool if you're just on one team. You don't have to be on all the teams, right? But he's an incredible gift, and I'm, I'm going to tell you, you know what, next thing you know, Dude's engaged, they're married. How many years now? One and a half years now, right? There you go. <laughs> Almost two. But I just think it's important. Get involved. Get involved. Live your life on purpose with purpose. Third thing you can do to develop your spiritual attractions, have godly standards. Have godly standards. My goodness. To all you single people out there, let me just say this to you. Have some standards. Don't get into a dating relationship. Without saying, hey, listen, I really like you, 
but this is about as far as, as we're going to go in this relationship. Like that, that stuff ain't going to happen. Throwing out a boundary early and letting them know. Because here's the thing. What you don't want to do is determine how far you're going to go when passions have flared up. What you want to do is make a decision on the front end and communicate that decision. Because to, to not clearly communicate a boundary is to be unkind. <laughs> like in my relationship with my wife. I was, uh, I was serving at a church, but I can't tell you that in the area of my sexuality that I was fully surrendered. I was addicted to pornography, and I had all kinds of issues internally that I hadn't surrendered or dealt with yet. And in our dating life, I was like, man, she's beautiful. And if you see my wife, she is beautiful. She's beautiful then, she's beautiful now. <laughs> and I remember the day she said, she said, listen, I, I, there's a boundary here. We are not going to have sex until I get married. And if you'd known my wife, you'd known her story, that, that part of her story, and, and she'd share this and has shared this right here on this stage, that her life was full of promiscuity prior to that. And she's like, I'm done with those ways. It's led me to brokenness. I'm out. And I'm not going to do it anymore. Now, I wish I had known it a little sooner, because when passions arouse, close, they tend to, you know, disappear, and, uh, and that, that was the moment it was, uh, I was told, there's a boundary here. And, but I'm thankful for it, because you know what? I had the opportunity to honor her, to honor that boundary, and that made her even more attractive to me. This is, this, amen, thank you. Thanks, babe. You're, you're allowed to amen that, it's fine. Listen, I'm fully of the opinion, and, and ladies, I don't think this, it's fully on your job or, or fully on you. Don't misunderstand what I'm saying. But ladies, I don't know if you'll notice something in your relationships, that when you set the bar a certain, certain place, the right guy is going to meet that level. Are you all listening to me? That I think the reason that, that guys get by with doing so little is because, ladies, your bar is so low. That, that I think if you raise a standard, and if you have godly standards, the wrong guys are going to walk away from your life, and you need to be okay with that. You need to be okay with somebody. Even I, I know you may be fearful of it. You may really like them. They may have lots going for them. But if you raise a standard and they walk away, don't be afraid of that. God's got you, and he's got something better for you. Amen, everybody? Amen. I mean it. You need to be bold in what you want. They won't honor your standards. You can show them the door. Now, again, like I said, I don't believe it's just the ladies' jobs to have standards. Men, I think it's your job to have standards, too. That as a Christ follower, you need to walk into that relationship and communicate those standards. Not doing it. No ringy, you can fill out the rest of it. I used to say it in, in, in youth group. There's kids in here, so we're going we're gonna to keep it PG. It's important. It's important that we have godly standards. Why? Because in loving God and pursuing your purpose and having godly standards, it's attractive. It's attractive to people. Second rule of attraction, this passage addresses is found in verse 9. It says this, I liken you, my darling, which, by the way, he calls her this a lot. It's a term of endearment. He's letting her know, you're my best friend. I think the world of you. I love our relationship. I liken you, my darling, my dearest love. 
to a mare harnessed to one of the chariots of Pharaoh. Guys, go home and try that line out. Call your wife a horse and see how it goes. Actually, I don't recommend you do that at all. You need to understand the context here. The horses that were harnessed to Pharaoh's chariots were these horses that nobody else could get. They were pure white. They were unique. They were exclusive and exotic. And he's like, baby, there ain't nobody like you. Baby, you're you're valuable to me. You mean the world to me. He's declaring her value to him. No one like you. And then she goes on and she, oh, excuse me, then they, wow, I just got all over my notes here. Okay. Your cheeks are beautiful with earrings, your neck with strings of jewels. He's saying, long before he puts her hands on her, at this point, you notice he hasn't touched her. Long before he's done that, he's seen something in her. He's speaking encouragement to her, and he likes what he sees in her, not just likes what he sees. And then, she, uh, then the choir says, or the chorus, the daughters of Jerusalem said, we'll ma- we will make you earrings of gold studded with silver. And then she says, while the king was at his table, my perfume spread its fragrance. My lover is to me a sachet of myrrh resting between my breasts. My lover is to me a cluster of henna blossoms from the vineyards of Engedi. Now, I'm not sure what she's referring to when she says sachet, but I'm glad, think, I'll bet he's glad to be that thing, right? based on its location. <laughs> and here's what's happening. At this point, they were together, and now they're, now they're separated. He's at home, and she's at home, and what she's doing is she's reminiscing over their time. She's at home, and she's, she's thinking about him. She's, she's, ah, love, true love. She's thinking about him. She's She's thinking about how he made her feel. That's important. And what this message and this passage is communicating is beyond physical attraction because what they had was emotional attraction. Emotional attraction, right? This has to be developed too. This is something important that you need to have an emotional connection. Whether you're single and you're married, This is important for both men and for women. Now, traditionally, it has been believed that women are more emotional, and I would like to just kick that in the teeth right now because it ain't true. Men have emotions just as much as women do. We may express them differently. Men may shut down. They may get angry and punch a wall. But we have emotions in the same way that women do. And it's not fair to say, well, you're just emotional. You're just emotional. You're dismissing this whole part of your relationship that's important and needs to be developed. So let me give you a few things you can do to build. (coughs) Excuse me. Can I get a bottle of water from underneath there? (coughs) To build emotional attraction. First thing is value them. Thanks, babe. Value them. He's saying to her, you're the best. There's no one like you. You are his prized possession. Now, you might push back a little bit and say, you know what? Have you met my spouse? No, they're not. Have you met my, my boyfriend? No, he's not. That's, but let me say something to you. If you don't like what you're seeing, watch what you're saying. I'll say that again. It was really good. If you don't like what you're seeing, watch what you're saying. How are you talking about them? How are you talking to them? Are you calling them stupid? Are you telling them 
that, they're, that, that they can't do anything, that they're useless, how are you talking to them? How are you talking about them when, in, when it's behind their back? Because I think it's important you understand, you understand that you have a responsibility to invest belief and affirmation into the person you're in relationship with. In fact, what I'll say is that if you'll say it, they'll become it. It's, the, it's doing what we call in leadership the I-C-N-U. Four letters, I-C-N-U. I see in you this gifting. I see in you this potential. I see in you the ability to become. I see in you. Give them the I see in you. It adds value to them by valuing them. Second thing you can do is speak life to them. And we have a responsibility, don't we, to watch our words, to make sure that the way that we're talking to our person is life-giving and not life-taking. We have a responsibility. Let me just share with you clearly. Men, you know what ladies want to hear about? Do you know what they want to talk to you, hear you talk to them about? Who they are. They want to hear that they're beautiful. They want to hear that, man, I am so lucky to have you. I told my wife this morning, I don't deserve you. And that's true. She said, that's right. Oh, I'm not in trouble. I know. I know that I married up, and that's okay. She knows that she married down. I don't know. Why do you want me to nightlife? It's all too soon. Battle of my marriage. If you're new here, you'll surely hear a story about it. Need a nightlight. But it's important. Ladies want to hear that. Your daughters want to hear it too. They want to hear how beautiful they are. In fact, I greet my daughter all the time. Hey, beautiful, how are you? Now, she may not always act beautiful, but if I always called her out by how she acted, well, I may get more of that kind of behavior, right? What I call her out is how I see her, who she has potential to be. I do this to you, too. Listen, every single one of us is sinners. Every single one of us messed up this week. Me, too, right? And I don't walk in here and go, well, y'all, just a bunch of thinners. Going to hell, you need to repent. Hellfire and brimstone. Not doing that. I don't call you by who you are or what you've done. I call you by who you can be. I point to who you can be through Jesus because you have potential to be more. You have potential to grow. Ladies, you know what the men like to hear about? They like to hear about what they do. They want to be admired for their accomplishments. Do you know, I have been known to go to a sink full of dishes and take a picture of it, because my wife ain't home, <laughs> do the dishes, take a picture of the empty sink, and text it to her. <laughs> Anybody else as crazy as I am? That's a great idea, a guy just said. You know why? Because if she didn't see me do it, it's likely she's not going to say, hey, baby, you did a good job, and I want to hear Who's a good boy? <laughs> I need to hear it. I got to know. When I used to mow the grass and the lines were so perfect and everything. Hey, babe, do you see the grass? You see them lines? Let me get you some of this. 
Pay attention to those kind of details. <laughs> Listen to me. Listen. <laughs> Both men and women have things they want to hear. They need to be affirmed. And here's the danger, is if you don't affirm those things, if you don't speak their language, if you don't, don't tell them what you see about who they are and what they do, if you don't do those things, somebody else will. You better be sure that the enemy who hates your life, the devil, will have someone come along and say something like, my goodness, you look nice today. Does your husband tell you how beautiful you are? Because, man, he's a lucky guy. Uh-oh. Or you know what? Man, you did a really good job on the, that project this week. I really appreciate the way that you came through and your leadership. And my goodness, do you lead your home that way too? See, adultery doesn't just happen because of lust. I'm not saying that there aren't cases where it doesn't. I'm saying that, that typically that's not the case. What happens is that there, there is some kind of emotional connection that is missing at home and someone else gives them that. And then they lean into that relationship. Men, you want to know the sexiest thing to say to your wife? Because somebody's going to say it to them. And then what happened? And then what happened? Tell me more about that. Some of the, somebody's going to say that. And if you aren't the one doing it, you, you need to be. Somebody's going to take time and is going to listen. And it's really important that we're the ones to do just that. In fact, I would tell you that it doesn't matter how ugly that man is. If he's paying attention to your wife, she'll fall for him every single time. Value them. Speak life to them. And then the third thing you can do to build emotional attraction is think good thoughts about them. You know, it's important that we guard our thoughts about how, uh, the ways that we're thinking about our spouse or the one that we're dating, our loved ones. In, in this story, you'll see that she's at home and she's thinking about him. She's thinking about how awesome he is. And we need to control our thought life. We need to challenge the stories. When we start to feel a certain way, be curious. Be curious. Why am I feeling that way? Well, it's because I believe this about them. We can identify the lies. We can identify the things that have us feeling a certain way about our spouses. And when we identify them, those lies that are making us feel a certain way, those things that are taking us out of relationship, as soon as we identify them, we can defeat them with truth and think properly about our spouses. It's important. It's important because if we don't deal with those stories, if we don't make sure that we're thinking properly about our spouses, it will destroy the relationship. So make sure your thoughts are good about them, or the devil will bring something along to tempt you and or distract you so that he can destroy you. Emotional attraction. So we've got spiritual attraction, emotional attraction. Here's the next rule of attraction. It's found in verse 15. He says to her, how beautiful you are, my darling. Oh, how beautiful your eyes are doves. Now, look, he's looking now. We've got spiritual attraction. We've got emotional attraction. And now he's going towards the physical. The rabbis will teach you, because this is Jewish text, the Jewish rabbis would teach you that the eyes are the window to the soul, and you can learn a lot about somebody through them. But watch the progression here. He compliments her, and she compliments him. 
your eyes are doves. And she responds, how handsome you are, my lover. Oh, how charming. And our bed is verdant. Uh-oh. We just took a turn. Y'all paying attention? We just took a turn. There's this desire and this longing for the physical part of the relationship. Passions are flaring up here. And you need to understand that that's okay. That God created this thing, this, this passion within you, that desire, that's, that's okay. Look what she says. The, she says, the beams of our house, our cedars, our rafters, our firs. What she's saying is, is that, hey, this physical attraction we have is good. There's no shame in that. Because you know what? God created that, by the way. There's no shame there. She said, but we've done this right so far. We've built our relationship on spiritual attraction and emotional attraction. She said, our, our, our rafters are built out of cedar. That's strong wood, or, or out of firs, and our beams out of cedars. This is a strong foundation. And all of a sudden, the focus has shifted. The devil is trying to pervert this, the relationship that they have. It's important that we understand that as we approach our relationships, the key is to make sure we build our relationships on the right things, that we have a solid foundation. And they both agreed in this situation, it's good to have passion for each other, but they'd also agreed to do it right. So the third rule of attraction is physical attraction. Now, I'm going to talk about this, this a lot and deeper in, week, uh, in two weeks, so week number three. But they built their relationship right. Now watch this. She says to him, I'm a rose of Sharon, a lily of the valley. In other words, remember how she started this? She was talking about herself that I'm dark. Don't look at me. But what's happened is he's built her up. He's seen things in her. He's affirmed her. He's told her how beautiful she is to him. And now look what's happened. She's now her, her uh, image of self, her self-worth, what she thinks of herself. She, she's now looking at herself like, I'm a rose. The lily of the valley. And he responds. He says, like a lily among thorns is my darling among the maidens. See, they've kept things in proper order so far. Spiritual and emotional attraction and physical attraction is taking a seat at the table. Because watch what she says. She says, strengthen me with raisins. Which this, this phrase here is, uh, is kind of like saying, hey, go get the oysters. It's an aphrodisiac, right? Raisins, that's what they were. She's like, I'm ready to go. Let's go. Let's do this thing. Passion. We've done everything right. She's, she's, she's hot for him. But he says, and, he, and his left arm is under my head, and his right arm embraces me. In other words, he's got her. This is what we call the make-out position, right? She says this. She goes, daughters of Jerusalem. She shifts her focus. I charge you by the gazelles and by the does of the field. Do not arouse or awaken love until it so desires. This is her way of saying, you know, hey, this is good. But it's not for now. They weren't married yet. And I, I need you to understand, there's no shame in having this passion. God created sex. And, and I can't imagine a world... Where, where the very first man and woman, Adam and Eve, were in the garden and they were consummating the marriage and God comes walking through the garden like he was, like the scripture says that he did and he came upon them in the throes of passion. And God goes, oh my me, what are you guys doing? Like I'm pretty confident God knew because he created it. 
He made it. But his order is important. The place for this can't be out of order. And God's order is for it to be between a man and a woman within the bounds of marriage. So I'm going to close with this, this thought. Close with this thought. Because I know some of you are here today and maybe you're listening to all that I'm talking about. And spiritual attraction, emotional attraction, and keeping the physical attraction in the right place. And you're like, you know what? Aaron, you don't know me. And you don't know my past, you don't know what I've been through, you don't know the things that I've done. And because of who I've been and where I've walked, this isn't possible for my relationship. And I want to challenge that for a moment if I can. Like, remove this conversation from you and your spouse, or maybe you and the person you're dating. Let's just make this about you and God for a moment. Because when we think about the way that he loves us, or maybe I'll just tell you about the way that he loves me. Because you know what? There's no reason for God to be in a relationship with me. When I entered into a relationship with God, I was unloving, felt unlovable. I was broken, hurting, I was addicted. I was bankrupt morally and financially. I didn't bring anything to the table. I didn't bring anything to the relationship. Why would God choose me? Our kids are having a great time today, aren't they? God bless them for it. I didn't bring anything to that relationship. Nothing to offer him. But that's not the point. Love isn't looking for what you offer. Love is looking for what it offers you. And God saw me. The Bible says that while we were yet sinners, Jesus died for us. That's the kind of love he has for us. We have nothing to offer him. Yet he saw so much worth in us that he laid down his life. He sent his son to die. And that's what Jesus did. He loved me so much that when I encountered his love, the only reasonable response was for me to be changed. No? Transformed. Because that's what love does. Love transforms you. It changes you. It makes you want to be a better person. It makes you want to do things right. It makes you want to be in a different space, in a different place. And when you receive this kind of love, when you receive God's love, it gives you the capacity to love others. And so I would say to you today, I'm not perfect, but I'm changed <laughs> because love changed me. There are things that I never thought I'd be able to do, things I never thought I'd have, the person I never thought I would become. But love changed everything. And I just want to challenge you that, that if love, God's love, can transform you, then you, receiving God's love and giving it to the person that you're in relationship with, can transform them. That there is hope. Don't look at it through the lens of how things have been. 
That's not your lens. Your lens is the potential and the power and the possibility that comes with God. Because I'll say this, if it sounds impossible to you, it is impossible without God. So I'm inviting you to the rest of this series. I'm inviting you to keep coming back to see what God will do. And I believe that you'll find this will happen, and I'll throw it up on the screen, is that we come to love not by finding the perfect person, but by seeing the imperfect person perfectly. This is the miracle of what God does in us. And this is the miracle that he wants to do in your relationships. Let's pray. With every head bowed and every eye closed, no matter whether you're single, dating, engaged, married, divorced, whatever station of life you find yourself in in your relationship today, I want to pray a prayer for you and I want to pray a blessing over you. And if, if you want to receive it, I just encourage you just to hold your hands out in front of you just to, to receive this. But God, I'm just asking you to help us to get this right. To get the order right. To make sure that, that we are living our lives first and foremost for you. That, that we develop spiritual attraction. God, that we love you and worship you. That we live our lives with purpose on purpose. And that God, that, that we would live according to your standards your best for us. That's not easy to do. We need your strength. We need your boldness. We need your power from your spirit that dwells inside of us. God, I pray that you would help us to grow in our emotional maturity as well. Help us, Lord, to see the value in others and to speak it. To speak life to others and to guard our thoughts. And God, I just pray, and we'll explore this more later, but help us to get the physical attraction, to take that piece and to put it in its right place. That there's no shame in having a passion and a, and a physical attraction, but it just needs to be done in the right order. And God, help us to trust you. But Lord, there's, there's all kinds of things we bring into this conversation and in, in, into our relationships. And Lord, I just pray that you would make all things brand new that any shame we carry over our past, Lord, that we would reject it now and exchange it for your grace and your forgiveness and a brand new start. Refresh and renew and restore our marriages and our relationships throughout this series. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Now in this moment, I also want to continue to pray and I just want to invite those of you, maybe... Maybe what you need most today is a relationship with God. Maybe you've been far from him for too long. Maybe you had a relationship with him, and if you know part of my story is, is that I walked away from my relationship with God. And, and you need to know that God still loved me, and he still loves you. That today you can have a renewed relationship. However long or however far you think you've walked away from him, God has always been by your side. He's not angry at you. He's not disappointed with you. He's ready to receive you with loving arms. You simply need to turn. The Bible calls it repentance. To surrender your life. Say, Lord, I trust you. I'm going to follow your ways all my days. And I'm going to do that imperfectly. And when I do, I'll receive your grace. 
and I'll receive your mercy. And I'll get back up and choose to follow you again. So whether you're making this commitment for the first time or maybe this is something you've had to make over and over again, that's okay. If you're choosing to do that today, I'm going to pray a prayer in just a moment, and I would love to include you on that prayer. And I think there's something you need to do to be part of that. If you're making that commitment today, saying yes to Jesus, would you just slip your hand up? Nobody's looking at you. Nobody's going to make fun. They're just going to say, hey, I'm making a commitment today. You say, Aaron, that's me. For those of you with your hands up, you can put them down now, but church, let's all pray together out loud. Nobody has to pray alone. Say, Jesus, I need you. Give me a brand new start. Forgive me of my sin and make me brand new. Fill me with your spirit. Show me how to live for you and to show others, or to, excuse me, (laughs) and to introduce you to others. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. And the Bible says if you prayed that prayer of repentance, that all of heaven's having a party. Simple church, can we celebrate with those who said yes to Jesus today? Whether you're in your room today or whether you're online, we're proud of you and I encourage you that if you took that step today, uh, the next most important thing is to take the next step that Jesus says. He says, hey, if, you, if you're surrendering your life to me and the lordship, uh, if you're surrendering, surrendering your life to my lordship, to my ways, he asks us to take a step, which you can actually do today, and that's to be baptized. And today we have our tank full, and if you have questions about baptism or you'd like to take that step today, uh, in a moment we're, we're going to dismiss service, but Kyle, who's our executive pastor, will be right over here with her team. They would love to answer some questions, and if we have anybody that wants to get baptized, should they move now to come to you? Yep. Yes? Or after service? Now it's fine. Okay, if you'll move to Kyle, she'll meet you over there by the tank. Uh, but we have clothes for you. We've got shorts and T-shirts and towels so that you don't have to get baptized in any of the clothes that you're wearing today. Um, but baptism is a simple outward statement of what God is doing in your life. And so uh, if you're ready to do that, please move to see Kyle. Uh, we want to remind you that as we wrap up today's service that uh, get in a group. Stop by the tent. You can also get in a group. Get on the app, uh, the Simple Church app. Uh, and you can look up our groups there, but they would love to help you get in a group. So please, please take steps to do that. Uh, Being in a group is is one of the most life-giving and life-changing things uh, that you can do here and be part of at our church. Parents' Night Out is coming up. Also, if the Lord is speaking to your heart about giving today, there are ways to do that. Uh, You can give through the digital methods that are on the screen. We've got a give box in the back of the room as well. Uh, Thank you for your faithfulness there. Let Let me just pray us out real quick. And then if you need prayer for anything, uh, our available pastors will be here to pray for you. You can take steps over there to meet Kyle to let her know, hey, I'm interested in getting baptized either now or next month. But you can communicate that, ask some questions and learn more about it. So let's pray real quick. Lord, thank you so much for what you're doing. Thanks for the start of this series. I know that, uh, that, that this series, man, is, is, uh, is messing in our lives in, in very important ways. And I'm thankful for it, Lord. I'm thankful for your word that is relevant to us today. And so, God, I pray that, uh, that you, the seeds that are planted in our hearts, Lord, you would uh, cause to, to spring up and to produce fruit in our lives in healthy and positive ways. God, be with all these that as they travel today, because the roads are not clear in all the places, Father, may they get where they're going with safety. And Lord, we just love you today. I ask you to bring us back next week. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen. God bless you guys. We'll see you back here next week.